Greetings. I'm Sonia Brooks, the Song Bee, and this is The Vibe Juice. Welcome to The Vibe Juice. Thanks for vibing with me. This is episode number 36. I'm your host, the most, Song Bee, in the house, and we have... Aliyar Rashid. Welcome, brother. As usual, I hope uh, your past week has been pretty good for you. How was yours? Uh, real good, real good. You know, I'm checking in and checking on new things, new innovation, a lot of transition going on. This is a time and period of transition from, you know, uh, it's all in the environment. We're, we're out of uh, Mercury's retrograde as of the 30th. Yes. And uh, there's been a lot of... Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Okay, I'm not... Whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> we'll have to, you know, hey, to, to we have to look into it to see how it uh, impacts things for the next 30 days. But anyway, so um, with this uh, episode, we've got a few things to cover from Swamp Juice on national levels. You know, we do our regular disrupting America and some good booty juice for y'all. And we and we're gonna bring it on down local. And local for us means you Californians, the Bay Area. Bay Area, the Yay Area. So of uh so lately in swamp juice and politics across the nation, we had a uh there's been a big issue in the news between uh the Republicans and and governor, the gov, gov, what is it, gubernatorial? Did I say it? Mm-hmm. Gubernatorial races that we had New Jersey, and we have Virginia, mm-hmm. and Virginia was always known as a swing state, yeah. and uh, it, with that being said, uh, Biden won in twenty twenty by ten points, that swung his way. Now, as of the past week, it has swung the other way, so. What we see now are uh, red alarms ringing for the Dems. What does that mean? Okay, Yunkin uh, is the 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 current uh, uh, governor or the the new newly elected governor. Uh, a little bit about Yunkin because I didn't know much about him. Uh, he beat the incumbent, which was Terry Terry um, McAuliffe. Is that how they pronounce McAuliffe. it? McAuliffe? Okay, that's it, McAuliffe. McAuliffe. I didn't know it was McAfee. Anyway, McAuliffe. And uh, so Youngkin is a Harvard grad, a businessman. This is a man of uh, substantial wealth. And uh, so... Connected to even bigger money. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Bigger, even bigger. So... He, this is a man who amasses of uh, 440 million, and uh, apparently on this campaign, he he which was financed largely by himself, he spent 20 million of his own money. Originally, Uh it was to be 100 percent funded by him. Oh, really? But given as the uh, as the race progressed. And they got closer and closer. Mm. The Republicans realized that they they needed to invest in this. So, um, so they put the pedal to the metal. Oh, sister, <laughs> did they put the pedal to the metal? Because 
Trump, Trump was personally calling his top folks. Is that right? Money. Really, on his, his behalf. Money. Right, right. His money. <laughs> wow. And you know, so what's interesting to me that really uh, kind of got my interest is that I wanted to know and just curious, well, what was some of the key factors or strategy on both sides, uh, particularly with Yunkin, because they cannot stop talking about the fact that, you know, uh, Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia went red, rural versus urban Republicans, uh, you know, and a lot of other issues besides the, obviously the money. Uh, but while Yunkin apparently did everything in silence to try to uh, display that he was uh, separating himself from, exactly. from Trump. Exactly. So he played a little mind game really with uh, uh, the, the, the groups out there. That he subscribes to Trump's main covenants, but he doesn't subscribe to Trump. That's that's the best de- best explanation I've heard of it. Huh? You know that he really doesn't have any real differences, mm. but because the Republicans, other than Trump, are concerned about this this the base. You know, and, they, and they, it, it's funny to me because they speak as if the base is uh, 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 homogenous, as if it's, it's it's one you know one idea, one expression. You know, and it's not. It's definitely not. You know, you got the Lincoln Project, you got the rural Republicans, you have a number of different organizations that are Republicans and are seriously anti-Trump. Okay. He, so not only was he trying to walk a fine line between soliciting the Trump base, but at the same time, he couldn't afford to go too far that way mm, because yeah. the non-Trumpers are growing and growing and growing. So, you know, I mean... That, Interesting. That, yeah, it, it, was, it had to have been a very um, uh, demanding challenge because you know he uh he didn't even i don't think no no he didn't when when trump went to virginia he didn't even mm. smart and didn't get on stage with him smart see and i think that's going to be something that's going the, the the republicans the core republicans maybe not trump's base but the core republicans are going to have to figure out how for 2022 and 2024 how to walk that same line. Well, this is the whole thing. So this Youngkin has really stirred the pot in a great way. Because as you said, Ali, uh, reiterating what you just said, the point is is that he did everything to separate, to try to make it appear that he was not embracing Trump, the man. Trumpism. Trumpism in the man, not not being a Trumper. But... (laughs) But the ideologies, and so thereby uh, walking his fine line to make it appear so that he could speak to both sides of that line. Now, and I heard that uh, uh, one of his uh, campaign strategists speaking um, on a show, can I give you the name? But he was saying that one of the things that uh, Youngkin did was 
uh, he, of course, he's he's really bigging up himself, you know, but uh, as a campaign strategist. But he says uh, he spoke to everybody. This is what he's saying, his strategist. Oh, he spoke to everyone. He wasn't just trying to speak to this group, that group, and, you know, or, or, or deal with a big divide. People are tired of that. They're, they're, they're tired with those old same drag arguments. He spoke to, in fact, he targeted moderates. He uh, he won 55% of the Asian vote, uh, 25% of blacks and Latinos. So, and this is what, so he played up the idea that he was not a politician, air quote, uh, like Trump did the same. But he, so he did deliberately attempt to separate himself from, um, you know, from Trump in this uh and that he, apparently he had what he did was deliver multiple le- messages yeah. within this message. message mm-hmm. to each subgroup. Exactly. See, because I, I saw one of the speeches Youngkin did to uh, some black folks in Virginia, and it was it was a little strange. Hmm. It was a little strange because he he didn't endorse anything for black people in Virginia. But he didn't. Uh, he did not repeat the attacks on blacks in Virginia. Mm, okay. Okay. So you know that once again that walking that you talking about a fine line. <laughs> I mean, I want you to vote for me, but I can't tell you what I'll do for you. But I need you to vote for me. <laughs> and don't believe what you heard. I'm not a trumper. But yet, when he reads his own platform, it's all Trumpism. You know, you, you just don't say Trump. You just don't say it. Yeah, you know. Hmm. Now, are you familiar with who Winsome Sears is? Okay, Winsome Sears apparently is a a, a, a black African-American female. Uh who won, uh, who is the Virginia Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor. And apparently she won that race. Uh, when was that? She won the, uh, the Lieutenant Governor's race in Virginia. And let's see here. Her background is that she migrated to the United States from Jamaica. She's a Republican. As a child, and she's the first woman and the first black female to be elected to a statewide office in Virginia. Just 10 black women in the U.S. has ever held statewide office uh, positions in in Virginia. So they're really like projecting, you know, that like, like who are the black Republicans in Virginia? The brother that was, not to interrupt, but just uh-huh. quickly. Yes. There was a brother that came, I'm trying to remember whether he was from Virginia or Maryland, a black senator, a Republican. Oh, that was a while ago. Wasn't it about, yeah. yeah, I remember him. I can't remember his name. Edward. I kind of remember. Edward Brooks. Was it Brooks? Edward something. Anyway, anyway mm. I just, I just, I, I was just wondering whether he was from Maryland or Virginia? Seems like it was one of those two. Right. Because he was, you know, he was close enough. Yeah. Close enough. (laughs) 
So just so it's just interesting because uh, you know now this whole when you talk about black GOP black Republicans and who are they their voice and how you know coming out and when you look at Virginia a state that is pretty conservative overall mm-hmm. you know yeah. um, these are the people that you know uh, that are stepping up and they're trying to. Uh, break out and say we're not the norm we're not we're not this but we're not what you think we are and we have a voice but i thought it was interesting particularly with sears uh this woman uh or uh winsome winsome e sears that she's a former uh, uh marine and a former national chairperson for the black americans to reelect donald trump So you can can see why, just one small example, why Youngkin could not do a traditional Mm -hmm. gov slash lieutenant gov kind of presentation. Yeah, because we didn't hear this. Oh, no, no, it didn't happen. No. It did not happen on purpose. Right, clearly. Because he's trying to walk that fine line. Right. And then she's Leave it to other people to do that. Let somebody else say that part of it. I'm not covering that. Mm-hmm. Interesting, very interesting. What's going on in uh, uh, Virginia politics and other places? So, uh, nonetheless, so here we are uh, now on the on the other side of this. Uh, oh, the other thing that I wanted to say, particularly about Youngkin, one of the other uh, campaign issues that he focused on allegedly, particularly at the hot issues in in. Um, not just Virginia, and I'm sure in other places, because you you can just assume that some of these other candidates, and particularly for 2024, will tr- look for ways to capitalize yeah. on what he's done, he's right? Exactly. So uh, there was a good portion of his campaign that focused on education, yeah. uh, issues like CRT, cr- uh, critical race theory. Apparently, now in these places, in these uh, hot, hot you know, uh, contested places, you know, that um, that is a real issue with the parents. I, I, you know, I saw an interview that was done with Virginia parents. Mm. And even though the entire focus was CRT, Mm. right, critical race theory, the only place in Virginia where that is taught is at master's level. I think I've I heard something okay. about like and that. And it was interesting because the person interviewing these parents was really pro-parent, right? So she was asking, well, you know, she's asking very direct, very well-focused questions. Well, where's CT being taught in Virginia? Okay. And they brought out what they ended up showing her were little readers for like the early elementary grades. One was called A is for activism. And what it was, it was a pro, what I would call pro engage in life kind of values for probably first through third grade, I think, in terms of their focus. Hmm. But it said nothing about CRT. Okay. Nobody connected to CRT, which is almost exclusively at the grad, PhD, you know, MD levels. Hmm. But 
they showed that one. They showed another one that because it said, I think the title was I Am Queer or something like that. And they said that, well, see, this is programming them to the, the left's values. Mm, now, mm, mm -hmm. it really <laughs> was pretty soft. Okay. I mean, you know, and I know we live in California. We're used to a much different level and approach. But the book really, it wasn't so much pro-gay or pro-LGBTQIA uh -huh. as it was open-minded thinking hmm. so that, you know, young people, especially, especially in elementary school, where they hear a lot and they may not have a lot of people deciphering shit for them. And that's really what the, the, the little book she flipped through pages. See, this is queer. Uh, this is gay. Hmm. The, the two women on the cover dancing. Right. I mean, come on. But it was it was interesting because the whole the whole segment or presentation was supposed to be about CRT in Virginia. <laughs> Had nothing to do with it. So sounds like near the end of the interview, the the interviewer asked them. She said, "Well, tell me, am I wrong? I, I in my research, I've located three, uh, two master's level and and one or two PhD level programs." in the whole state okay, that have CRT as part of uh, okay. their curriculum. Okay, yes. And it wasn't, she said it wasn't a master's degree program for education, so they're not focusing on teachers. She said, so whoever they're focusing on, I that's why I'm asking you again, what, where is CRT in Virginia schools? And basically they had to leave it open they, they they didn't want to say no you know forthrightly they said well you know there's not actually but it was just interesting how they were prepared for one type of presentation and even though she was an excellent interviewer and was actually very supportive she told me I'm very very positive on pro-parent involvement but her questions were just very straightforward. I mean, you know, hmm. where where is CRT taught in the Virginia school system? But uh, you know what amazes me and what really uh, concerns me is the the assumed threat around the concept of informing or teaching, and it appears that these parents feel that it's teaching children to feel guilty, accountable, responsible for things that occurred in history. I mean, this is kind of the, yeah, that's it. the no, assumption. That's it. That's it. And, and it, it, it's to me additionally interesting that what I think they're really saying is do what you're told. Hmm. Follow what we teach you. Do what we say do. Do not open your head up. Because that CRT has been in, in the, the uh, advanced academic world for a while. For 30 years. Right. Okay? All right. So why all of a sudden now, and it's not a part of any, no, I don't know of any major school districts. 
that have CRT, actual CRT theory right. in their curriculum. Right. The people that study it are tend to be researchers, writers, uh, policy walks, right. you know, people like that. And, and they can weave it or not weave it into their presentations or their positions they hold. But I haven't seen any CRT stuff. Well, even if there is some proposal, let's say, to, and on a high school level, yeah. uh, to make it, you know, and I think one of the arguments, and I don't, I can't recall what, what town, city, and school district, was that uh, maybe, let's say, there were some parents that, or, or some teachers that wanted to integrate it in their class under a certain topic of, you know, let's say, with history, you know, American yeah. history. And it just went, you know, like yeah. a wildfire that, you know, and then all of a sudden there's this uh, paranoia around uh, disseminating any education or information around this, which is just just insane. Because I think no matter what, when you teach, and, and we know even as it, with colonial thinking and teaching and training and education, which all of American, you know, uh, Education is all of, always has been around based on that. Uh, at the same time, you're not telling or teaching your children what to think or what to believe. Even if you teach them the Holocaust, they want to admit that they want to eliminate it. You know, any teaching about the things that actually occurred in history. Why? You know what? And okay, so let me just move on. One other statement regarding uh, his platform, uh, and I'm referring to Youngkin. Youngkin. The other, uh, in reference to education, was that he was he's opposed to altering the standards of advanced math and science. That uh, that districts in schools have has have done this under certain um, policies to achieve higher scores and he said is is dumbing it down and you know making our students uh uh less well, educated well, I think specifically around stem yes okay science technology education math engineering engineering mm-hmm. math. but i think without saying it what they're really saying is those are areas that are dominated by other than white folks. Hmm. Now, that, that white folks, of course, are involved, of course. Yes. But when you look at a UC Berkeley, which recently yes. reported yes. one of the top universities on the freaking planet. You're lovely. Okay. okay. Stanford. Yes. Yale. Yes, Princeton. Columbia, yes. Princeton. On at Harvard, on yes, and on and on. Ivy Leagues. When yeah. you go into those departments, Cornell, you see American-born blacks, Af- uh, uh, African-born blacks, Caribbean. When well, we're talking about people of color, yes, people of color. Yes, and I think that that part of that you can't talk about advanced mathematics and say that you're dumbing it down. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, the, the, the phrases don't they, they they don't hook up. You know, I mean, advanced mathematics, <laughs> right? Is probably, You're dumbing down calculus. What are you doing here? Okay, okay. <laughs> but I think the real fear behind their concern is that they don't want that emphasized. 
because the top performers in high schools across this country and high schools around the world are tending to be people of color. So, I don't want no, you can't have no heroes. <laughs> especially in education. Mm, mm-hmm. See, you have to accept who we designate are the top minds in the world. And right now, if you look at STEM and, and hmm. uh, related areas, you don't have too many of the traditional white, male, middle-class people calling the shots. They're not calling the shots at NASA. Yeah. They're not calling the shots in several other areas. Hmm. You know, because when I first heard that, they said dumbing down. And I'm like, wow. How do you you dumb down? Advanced man. Okay. Hello. You may be made to feel (laughs) dumb, but there's no way to dumb that down. So what would be, what would, to me, I was thinking, what would be your real fear of high school students, for example, who say 30, 40, 50% want to go to college, they're gonna to have to they're gonna to have to step up. And one of the areas that America and should that, that one of the way, ways that America stand falls far behind other countries, particularly nations of color, mm. is in STEM. <clears throat> yes. You know, <clears throat> and even here, if you look at who has the patents. Like, you know, the brother that did the patent for the cell phone. Oh. The sister that did the patent for uh, um, uh, GS locations. Oh, GPS. GPS. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I recently learned it was a sister that created the foundation for GPS. Really? And then two or three Phenomenal. others who polished it and, and ran with it some more. Right, okay. which happens, right. So if what what are you what are you really afraid of? Are you afraid that your students couldn't compete? Mm. Or are you afraid that they may have a different view mm-hmm. of those people of color? Because hmm. they're in STEM and they're meeting them and they're they're, they're the hot shit. You know. Yeah. So it just, it made me wonder what was really behind not only Youngkin, yes. Trump, yes. and all the other idiots <laughs> with this this science, engineering, math thing? It's like what, what? I don't. It's, you, you're gonna not teach something to your kids because it's not you doing it. It, it's just a lot, just it's, not it's a making a making a lot so of I, sense. I don't, you know, I don't consider myself having to reach a conclusion, <laughs> but I know what I've seen so far has been baffling, and it will continue to be baffling, yeah. because now we know that. Uh, uh, don't be surprised if you see other people trying to uh, moving uh-huh. forward, mimicking his uh-huh. whole campaign strategy, uh-huh. plus. Uh, to your point earlier, he did receive sizable donations from Trump-loving billionaires, but he he maintained his distance. And those Trump-loving billionaires are involved in industries and professions where STEM is major, major, major. Okay. Bang. Yeah. So. 
Right. You can say that about you don't want your kids taught this and this and this, but if your kids aren't taught that, where will they be in the global economy? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's uh, very interesting. It is interesting. Steve Bannon? Steve Bannon, yeah. Steve Bannon in the, the news. Perpetual, I, I swear, and this is nothing against <laughs> you, Steve. It's, it's not personal. I have yet to see too many people. Wasn't it Epstein's friend? That too. <laughs> yeah, but, amongst but others. I have yet to see very many people. They always look like they just came off a of bed. <laughs> I mean, oh, he, he, good oh, point. Good point. He, oh, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It, Good point. They interviewed him when they interviewed him when he uh, um, was taken into custody off the yacht, right? <laughs> Million dollar yacht. Yes. Yes. And so sorry. I'm trying to figure. What do, do you ever shave? Do you ever bathe? I mean, do you always? I I have grown to believe that he is cultivating a certain look. Uh, do, do you think <laughs> do you think he's trying to appeal to, to a um group or groups? right or is he trying to send some kind of message to you know like with this disheveled look to make it appear mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. something else is going on yeah. that you know he's but really I mean, when they when they arrested him off the yacht the other guy looked like he would been hanging out on a yacht Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. he has some kind of khaki chino type pants, right? Some kind of tennis shoes, you know, uh, um, like a pullover, uh, pullover sweatshirt or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, he it, it fit where they arrested him, okay? But when the camera shifted to Steve Bannon, it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you're on a million dollar yacht, okay? right? So let's cut it. You're not poor. You know, you're not a, a, a disheveled. <laughs> well, you know, it's almost like, are you, do you want us to feel sorry for you? What's 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 what this is? all this about? What what's is? this ruse about? You know, but he um, he recently uh, Congress voted and moved uh, his criminal contempt charge oh. to the DOJ. Okay, the which DOJ means DOJ is either about to issue or has just recently issued an arrest warrant. Wow, they're going to finally, you know, this is the man, and I, when I think of Steve Bannon, and not that I ever pay attention, and one of these days I'm going to have to check in on his crazy podcast, because this Ooh. man has been going on for, uh, since he's been out of the the White House, booted out after seven months of oh, yeah. being an advisor. He was in Trump's aggressive. <laughs> he's not a political ideologue. Right. He's a grifter. I'm grifting. Well, well, there's, there's, well, there's your answer right there. That's what he looks like. A grifter. When he got arrested. That disheveled, crazy look coming off of a um, a million dollar yacht. Then when he did the uh, press conference recently, I don't know if you caught this one, but it was right after Flynn. Mm. The former security, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, Trump, right? right. Flynn had said, we need shock troops to prepare the country for the new rulers. Mm. I swear, two, three days, maybe at the most, 
Bannon holds a press conference. Okay. And said, okay, let me tell you what we got to do. Hmm. From now to the 2022 midterm election, hmm. we need to, he said, recruit maybe 10,000 shock troops. Same phrase. Right. And he said, out of that 10,000, 4,000 would be deployed. I think per specific use of a paramilitary term. Right. They would be deployed at local levels across the country. They want people to run for school boards, <laughs> to run for city council. Wow. Okay. Uh -huh. I, I see. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All that. And he said, we can count on these people because we're going to train them to take over. Right, so what we're looking at, they, they want people in positions of control and leadership. 21st century brown shirts. Crazy. 21st century brown shirts. And he was once again mm. looking like he just crawled out of a freaking manhole or some shit. You know, like I, I hadn't been sleeping in days and uh, huh. I'm not real clear, but I've got a message, you know. So, so listen, so to, to your point in reference to... Um, the Department of Justice and Bannon. Bannon. So apparently Merrick Garland is under fire because they say he claims that he's been dragging his feet about indicting Bannon. What's up with that? Well, the process, the actual process, like most things in American politics, mm. is very different from what people's perceptions are. Okay? Because there's a guy, oh, what's his name? I'll think of his name, but he, he's a former federal prosecutor. He does uh, an online thing. Hmm. Uh, Justice Matters. Glenn hmm. Kirshner? Something like that. But Glenn Kirshner pointed out, he said, hmm. listen, what, what, what are we doing here? He said, first, mm -hmm. let me tell you the actual process. Okay. It was three or four steps before it left Congress. Okay. Then when it goes to DOJ, there's not one, not two, but three or four more steps, mm. including the indictment. Mm -hmm. Now he said in this Brian case, Porter, would that be his name? No, no, I, I, I no, the, uh, not Brian Porter. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's Glenn Kirshner. Okay, okay, but what Kirshner was saying, he, I'm talking like a 30, 30, 30 some year federal prosecutor. Okay, okay. so he 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 knows it sleep <laughs> but he said once it goes from DOJ from the, the uh, Congress to DOJ mm -hmm. he said DOJ has to indict him he said now I know you all aren't you never heard this mm. because you've never heard the details because they've never done it they make a big flash in, in the pan <laughs> kind of press conference thing okay we're gonna indict we're gonna get you we're going to criminally right. prosecute you. Right. But nobody talks about the actual process. Okay. So Kirshner's point was, listen, this has to happen, then that has to happen, then they go to they go to a, a grand jury, and then, see, and that's where they're talking about Garland. Yes. That's where they're saying Garland's dragging his feet. The DOJ did everything they were supposed to do, mm -hmm. shot it over, I'm not DOJ, uh, Congress. And then shot it over to DOJ. DOJ has done apparently the first step or two. Okay. Now it's time. This is where the rubber meets the road. Hmm. An indictment. 
And the indictment would be, I think they call them finite, because in this particular case, it's not looking for what's happened. Oh. You already know. Uh-huh. Okay? Congress has investigated it, passed it over to DOJ. DOJ's did a couple of levels of investigation. Okay. So the indictment would be a, uh, what Kirshner was saying, would be a very open and shut kind of indictment. We don't need to d- decide, well, what did he do? Glenn Kirshner, you're right. Yeah, Glenn mm-hmm. Political right. analysis. Yeah, Analyst. what do you do, how you do it, blah, blah, blah. But Kirshner's point was slow but sure. He said because okay. they haven't, because this has never happened. This does not happen. Hmm. Hmm. He said, so, somebody disconnected to a former president? This somebody disconnected to uh, uh, um, Epstein. Oh, okay. This, uh-huh. Somebody disconnected to all of the right wing. Right. All of it. Whether they moderate, severe, <laughs> completely crazy, half crazy, whatever. But he said because of that, he said he thinks Garland is not dragging his feet. Uh-huh. But Garland is trying to fine-tune the last step okay, okay. for the best results. Okay. Because the last thing they want to do... For this to go the other way. And what was the point? What was the whole point? Right. Y'all can't even get a damn indictment. Right. And Which would be... Congress to investigate, you know, because Congress, I think, was, I, I think I heard 300 hours. People would like to see this happen swiftly, of course. Of course. And <laughs> the problem is... <clears throat> when the Democrats and the Republicans, neither <clears throat> one of them, want to see one of their own hung out to dry. Mm. Right, but you're right. True, Steve true, true. Bannon, I think Steve Bannon could end up being a Republican scapegoat. Yeah, I could see that. Because <laughs> I hate to he, say it, but yeah. Uh, I mean, who better? Sorry. Kind of <laughs> like when, you know, that, I mean, Ray Charles could see that. It's almost like who better right Steve, now? Stevie Wonder saw it too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that, Bannon, the whole Bannon issue to me, I think to a certain degree, Bannon and all of his uh, acolytes, followers, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. they love the press and the attention the press is giving to Bannon. Because he can say and do things like that statement. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, when, when he said the word shock troops in the in the news reporter standing around him, yeah. you mm-hmm. can see the effect. It was like, now that's what Flynn Bass just said. Huh. Uh-huh. Y'all, uh-huh. Y'all, y'all, y'all going down no, y'all going down the wrong road. That shock troop thing. Mm. And then it right. he said, oh, okay. we we could recruit ten thousand. We only need four thousand to deploy. That's right. It was Bannon that said that. He said that some time ago, didn't he? Yeah. Well, last five, six weeks. Four, five, six weeks. Oh, okay. Is that all? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the important thing was when he started talking about, he really got into, which is semi-rare for him, publicly. Mm-hmm. Usually, his detailed stuff, you had to go to him. You had to go to his site. Or, you know, something like that to get that uncut version. But he gave it up. He, he, hey, 
we're going we're going we're going to start recruiting he was talking about starting recruiting now it, so that we would have the people train this is the stuff that he was talking about on his podcast yeah well yeah i mean well it was, it was, i'm not actually the, the press conference and this is why it was different to me wow. from his podcast yeah his podcasts are, are very narrowly focused yes okay yes he knows everybody on there knows all the code words so right right i don't have to explain exactly you you know what i'm saying <coughs> excuse me yes but in the press conference he started when he used shock troops he talked about taking over the electoral system of the united states from top to bottom i mean you know he, he said things that he said them on purpose so that his rah-rah Soft, right? Shock troops mm-hmm, mm-hmm, would get mm-hmm. rallied, you know, mm. tuned mm. up. Mm. But I think one of the things Garland is dealing with is that if they indict this guy mm-hmm. and they go to get him, and that's some shit jump off, it's gonna go really, you, really be. You mean in retaliation of him being indicted? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm possibly. They might say you can't have him because <laughs> of all of the crap he's been t- spouting out. And I think part of the reason he said shit in that press conference. Okay. I never heard that man say that kind of shit. Press when was his press conference? How long this, ago? This is early November. Okay. So we're talking September, October. Okay. But I mean, it's, it, no, it's, this is all very recent. I mean, I I remember most of it because I saw this shit. It was like, what? He was banning with a press conference? Mm. And it was only two or three days after Flynn mm-hmm. caught hell mm-hmm. in the media for his shock. We have, we will have shock troops. Our shock troops will help take over this country. Because Flynn said that, right? That's right. See, so then... When when Bannon comes in with it, it's changed. Because mm. now Bannon's talking a plan. Right. He's not just blah, 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 blah. He's talking, oh, we could train 10,000. We only need to deploy 4,000. My first question, what are you going to do with the other six? Is wow. that, that going to be your group that infiltrates? Right, that you... That you just referred the what they need uh, in certain leadership and decision making positions. And this is crazy. A whole bunch of foot soldiers. See, because that's something this country's never seen. They've never seen the kind of shit that can go down when you have a pro-fascist movement. Because they reach out to. I mean, in Germany, I know everybody uses it as an example, but. Right. It's a truthful example. Right. The guys that were brown shirts were 12, 14, 15. Five years later, they were grown men. Hmm. And they were stormtroopers. Wow. So, you know, and it's very disturbing because when you look at people like Cal Rittenhouse, and I bring this up because he's about to go on trial. Perfect example. On trial. Right, on trial. Perfect example. Uh, you know, now look at the three uh, uh, men that uh, uh, Aubrey, uh, Ahmad Aubrey. Yes. 
You know, I mean, and I'm sure murdered him. Right, that right. Was, that was a that was straight up a lynching. Yeah. Twenty first disturbing. Disturbing. I'm jogging. You confront me with a shotgun and a rifle. Chase me down. And murder me. And then the you know they tried to use some guy that was security of some housing development in that area. Yeah, because they allegedly have him on camera. They tried using him to say, well, yeah, yeah, we, we got it from him. We got it from him. It, it was a, he was a robber. He was a burglar. And the guy said, well, no, no, that's, uh, no. <laughs> Let me be clear on what I said, okay? Because it's getting lost. They asked me, had, had there been any reports of burglaries in the area? I told them, you know, like in the last month or mm-hmm. two months, there was a couple of reports. Mm-hmm. I didn't, t- he said he didn't say anything about man or woman, old or young. Yeah. What was stolen, none of it. It was reports. And if you get a, a, um, a paranoid community who actually believes that bullshit, then the moment they hear, oh, that, that, that nigga was, he was a burglar. <laughs> really? And other people that knew him, including non-black people, mm-hmm. like one older white woman, she said, he's been running that route for quite a while. Right. That's not, he didn't just discover All of a sudden. That route. In Georgia. One of those counties in where Georgia. Stone, where Stone Mountain is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But anyway. Listen, I want to bring up, and speaking of Bannon, because allegedly Margie, Marjorie, you're your favorite lady, Marjorie Taylor Greene, she goes in reference to January 6th insurrection, in which Steve Bannon is doing everything uh, possible to avoid uh, going before the Senate. Anyway, so Margie Taylor Greene makes it her, uh, what I say, her, her Florence Nightingale duty to visit the rioters in jail. Yes, yes. And so she comes out, and apparently this is something that she conveys to Steve Bannon, but it's 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 in the media. But she comes out saying that, you know, attempting to portray these men, uh, which is not new, as innocent patriots, claiming that, uh, that these, she tells ben, Bannon, number one, that these uh, prisoners draw pictures of draw pictures of the American flag at nine o'clock at night they they cry and sing themselves to sleep singing the national anthem oh, <laughs> oh my gosh I know so, so so this is her quote she says uh last night I finally got into the deplorable jail in DC where these people are being held for months on end in conditions like I've never seen in my life she t- she tells Bannon um, on the war room. She says uh, she claims that the homeless people in Washington D.C. and Guantanamo Bay live better in better conditions than those poor patriots in the D.C. jail. That whole bullshit about Guantanamo Bay is another sickening fucking story. Cause now you know that, that she Bannon Flynn uh, uh, mm. uh, several others mm. have said that. Patriots involved in January 6th are being secretly smuggled oh. to Guantanamo Bay. Oh. 
These conspiracies are just... There must be a new drug. Over the moon. There must be a new drug. They they must have come up with something new to, to, you know, pump their imagination up. Because that's... Come on, man. Oh, wow. I mean, you know, and it just don't stop. Tick-tock and it don't stop. Ah! (laughs) What can you say? Tick-tock and it don't Don't stop. Well, with that... Let's go into our next topic. One of our favorite, Ali, I don't know about your favorite, but it's mine. It's booty juice time. (laughs) It's time to talk about that booty. That's arts, business news, and entertainment. So, here's what I got. Now, and I'm bringing this up uh, about uh, the other day, since today we're recording this Saturday, so this was a Friday night. Rapper Travis Scott uh, performed at a festival called Astro World Festival in Houston, Texas, and, and it resulted ended up with a tragedy of eight people being killed in a crowd surge. So apparently, the youngest person in that crowd was uh, 14 years old. There was about 50,000 in attendance. Uh, All I know at this point, based on what's the the stories that's come out, is that people began. Well, actually, let me back up. in the In the beginning, people started spilling over and uh, illegally passing the ticket checkpoints. They were just, you know, coming in, coming in, climbing over all kind of things, coming in in a crowd, and they started surging from outside before they even got inside the the place, and. so after people, I guess when Travis got on stage, it, it appeared to even be more of a panic. Yeah, yeah. And they just multiplied, like, multiplied crazy. like crazy. And something else that's going around now today that some of the people are claiming, several people have claimed that they've been poked like with a small needle, either in the neck or whatever, and all of a sudden they're like uh, delusional, they're mm-hmm. super high. So some kind of drug had been going around and somebody maybe met, thought this was fun and just poking people. And well, it's, them... also, it's also often a setup to mass robberies. Mm-hmm. Ma- mass robberies. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. So that that could also explain part of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Not, not just get them high, but get them high and basically out of control to where it's very easy to do old-fashioned pickpocketing. Yeah. You know, or From pickpockets, purse snatching, and oh, even, uh, what do they call to uh, rape. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, seduction. Yeah. I mean, oh, you yeah. that messed up. Yeah. But they often, it, it, a little, I think it's a little more often the point of it is crime. Versus, you know, sexual crime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think more often because they, they, they want to hit them and keep moving. Mm-hmm, yeah. you know, they, look, I've tried to hit 30 people. Hopefully, if each one got $10, I, I got $300. You know, uh, real, real basic old-fashioned crime with a new spin with, you know. Wow. Yeah, so that's that's really tragic. So we're talking about a place open and outside theater setting, 50,000 people, but still enough 
that because it's uh, a couple of the people were talking, and you know we'll hear this story ongoing for the rest of the week. But they were saying that it was like too many people anyway, and yeah. that it was so tight that you know in uh, anywhere like fifty yards almost from the stage, but it was just tight, and people were squeezing and trampling and getting past each other and uh even Travis Scott during one of his his performance had to stop the performance and get kind of get the authorities attention saying this person just fell out was somebody will they please get some authorities over here to help this person yeah. out but it was so bad they you know they had to just uh you know the uh emergency uh had to come an EMT just drive through the vehicle yeah, right in the middle to, to get to people. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah, I can. Haven't seen it a few times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, and and uh, Travis Scott, just for the sake of it, uh, is the partner and significant other of uh, Kylie Jenny uh, or Jenner. Excuse me. Jenner. Yeah. Jenner. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Who's Jenner? Right. And you know, so they're like uh, they're just a, a popular it couple. On the scene, and uh, as a rapper, he has you know a huge following, and I think she just adds to that mix. Oh yeah, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, talk about social media and the influence of that. Crazy. So this this incident that happened is pretty huge and negative. It's very bad for Houston, uh, you know. So hearts go out to those people, and in fact, he. He did post a statement on Twitter, and I just want to say, read what he uh, tweeted uh, earlier today. He says, I'm absolutely devastated by what took place last night. My prayers go out to the families and all those impacted by what happened at Astroworld Festival. Yeah, so very, very tragic. So uh, hearts go out uh, to the families, and, you know, they'll, they'll sort it out. It's too bad. It's tragic. But I, I, I'm sure there's more to it, a little more behind it than just a bunch of tweens and millennials going crazy and Zoomers <laughs> going crazy at a festival. But, you know, they're out there and they're pretty wild. So next uh, in Booty Juice News, we have more bad news for the Raiders <laughs> besides rootin' Gruden. Uh, earlier this week, Henry Ruggs, 22 years of age, ex now X Raider. <laughs> they already announced it. Uh, anyway, football player had a fatal accident, um, in Las Vegas. Now two people were injured and of the two, one, well, three, including himself injured, uh, and his, uh, passenger who happened to be a girlfriend in the car, but the fatality was uh, another party, a, a woman who was driving a, a, a RAV4. He uh, smacked into her at 156 miles and kills her as she burns in her Toyota RAV. Miles per hour. Yeah, 156 miles per hour. Insane. So now that right now Clark County is pending charges of DUI, reckless driving with result in death. He has a possible prison time up to 26 years. Yeah. 22 years old. Yeah. 
He was driving a, a new Corvette. Uh, the stupid thing is that apparently uh, the, the sports franchise has uh, available to their players whenever they're out partying, whatever, uh, an exclusive limousine service and uh, our exclusive Uber that's available to them anytime. And apparently when he left from wherever he left, he was drunk and it was noticed. And a couple of people either noticed and said something to him and he refused taking the alternative transportation. So what's up with these knuckleheads? Raiders is really having bad luck. But what's up? The sad thing at 22 years old, when you think about young, athletic, uh, you come up from wherever you came up, because I'm sure you didn't come up with all the luxuries and toys oh, that no, you're no, in. No, no, no. And all of a sudden, you've got the, all the amenities and, it, and, and luxuries. The money is, is critical, but even more important, the actual resources. So when you stop and think how these guys get treated, one, they're not used to being recognized. Right. Outside of the media, sports world. Okay. When you go to the level of the Raiders. Yes. Okay. And you're 22. Yeah. Right. So that means restaurant owners. Everybody. Car owners. Mm -hmm. uh, or car dealerships. Right. Um, Shoe store, other, clothing. Other. Clothiers. Yes, draws okay. attention. Everybody wants to do something for you. Yes, right. So come on over here. We got this. We got that. Yeah. And and we know how to be quiet. Mm hmm. Exactly. So, but it's it's uh, that to me is 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 a, a classic traditional problem with professional sports in this country and in the world. Anyway, you know, because there was a young, I want to say Brazilian. Not absolutely positive, but a young, I think he was a young Brazilian brother, uh, like 19, hmm. 20. And they had a series of events that hmm. I got caught up in. Um, you know, and it was just real sad. You know, to me, it's just real sad. I mean, 90% of them come from circumstances where they didn't have shit. Right. And now all of a sudden you're like on everybody's nips, okay? Everybody is is trying to you know know you and do you and yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um, and I think most tragically, the professional sports organizations do damn near zero. You know? <coughs> right to and they kind are, of protect they are them. The source. Right. I mean that you know, uh, Clyde. Um, what's that brother? Basketball player. Nickname was Clyde. Clyde the. No. Uh, um, I'll think of his name. I don't know but, Clyde. Yeah, but Rolls Royce, mid coat, all that. Walt. Walter. Um, How long ago was this? Oh, he was he was in the heyday. Okay. Fifteen twenty. Okay. But. Excuse me. I remember Clyde saying way back, this is like 20, <laughs> 25 years ago, mm. but he said, who gives a shit? Do any of you? Nobody cares. Hmm. 
something yeah amazing so the uh but i have to say this too that uh when they moved to when the raiders moved to las vegas i said i foresaw this is this is all bad all bad it's all bad and here it is it comes to fruition okay to manifest to manifestation and this exactly what I, an example of what I was Rude referring to him. when I said, it's all bad. Yeah. Bad omen. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I and, and because of that, I have to give, uh, well, <laughs> I won't even go there right just yet. I'll deal with that later. But yeah, very, very. So, but Ruggs, he was supposed to be the cornerstone for the Raiders. Yeah. They had high hopes for him. He was a 12th pick in the 2020 draft mm-hmm. after three years at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Wow. Including helping the Crimson Tide win the NCAA championship as freshman in 2017. Yeah. He's 22. Baby. You messed Snuck up. Really. Bad. Truly. Bad. Tragic. Okay, well, on with a little more uplifting news. I want to give uh, a big heads up to uh, the Atlanta Braves, who are now uh, the Major League Baseball Champions of 2021. Congratulations. This is one of their second titles that they hold in any sports. (laughs) So this is a big deal for uh, the Atlanta Braves. So congratulations. And with that, Ali, uh, you said there's a mo- new movie out. Ah, yes. Harder, harder They Fall. Uh, it has an outstanding, stellar cast of black actors and actresses. Uh, I'm not going to give it away, but each character is, is set in the wild, wild west. So we mean, you know, like the late 1800s. But each character, each character portrayed by a fairly prominent black actor or actress. Namely. Okay, so Regina King, Mm -hmm. I forget the name of her character. There was another sister, I don't remember her name, but she played Shotgun Mary. Okay. Who was a real black woman. In in true life. So these are all really true characters. These are all true characters. Oh, wonderful. Okay. storyline is not extensively developed, but I think everybody was so juiced to get everybody, you know, on the set. And um, it's really an outstanding cast. Uh, There is a storyline. It's just not as developed as you may, you know. Westerns don't typically have the kind of storylines that rom-com and, and other movies do. This one has a little less 
than you may be expecting. But it's a uh, it's a shoot 'em up. Okay. It's a, so straight straight out shoot 'em up. So the cast includes uh, Idris, Idris Elder, Elba. Elba. The person you're referring to, her name is Zazie Beats. Zazie Beats. Regina, Regina King, King and Jonathan Majors. And Leia, uh, not Leia, Lee Stanfield. Okay. Leia, Leia, I forget the brother's first name. Stanfield is his last name. Okay. I've seen him in no, numerous movies. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, well, maybe on the next uh, um, gathering, we'll have to talk about it. I have not seen it, but you've seen it? Yes, I've seen it. Okay. And it, it, it was released, today is Saturday. It was released within the last three days, five days, but it was also put on streaming at the same time. Okay. So my family found out, and I walked in the room, and it, the movie was started. Okay. <laughs> it was old. Well, IMDb uh, gives it a three out of five stars, so I'll have to see it for myself. Yes. And yes. We'll, we'll discuss. Yeah. And there, I, I forewarned people, it's not as highly developed or as nuanced as something like, for example, Unforgiven, that Clint Eastwood did, which was one of the top-rated Westerns in the last 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, but it's excellent nonetheless. Okay. And I think, you know, if people just keep in mind that I, in my lifetime, I've only seen maybe four or five black Westerns out of all of the movies I've consumed. <laughs> You know, so I think it's a, uh, and and I, I I think it's an excellent movie. Okay. I think it's an excellent movie. So. All right. Well, we'll see take it. See it, it. See we'll it. take you up on it. <laughs> All right. Now, before we wind down, uh, want to go over just a couple of things. Let's go into uh, uh, some local news. Yes. And uh, and before actually. Um, Local news, I just want to say, um, let's see. I, I saw a little piece today about uh, buffaloes. You know, buffalo are practically uh, instinct, extinct. extinct. Right now, bringing back, they have a, they've had a recovery. I think they're around 1,500 to 1,800. They were down like in the hundreds. Right. Like 300. Right. So the, 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 uh, the movement to... Uh, Bring them back to life. To repopulate them. To bring them back. Yeah, which is huge. And um, they have, it's focused on the northern plains. Yes. Northern greater plains. Correct, correct. With a number of tribes involved. Blackfoot Indians are one of the primary tribes, apparently, yes. Um, But, you know, I mean, hey, it was a way, one way that they helped break up you know, the, um, to me, some of the true Americans from way back, way back, way back, way back. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Way before y'all left the caves. <laughs> way, be, you know, way, way, way mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know it, but there, at one point, there was a Congress, mm. all that, Congress, mm-hmm. of all of the tribes from oh, Alaska. Yeah. 
down to the tip of South America. They referred to as the civilized tribe. That was after the colonial, you know, arrived. And, uh, yeah, and they recognized that because yeah. they they were organized. Yes. Yeah, and, structured. And flags, tribes, values, all, all of that. All of that, Holidays, yeah. All, all right. Of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, so that's a wonderful thing, and that's, you know, in the light of... You know, when we talk about climate change and so forth, but just seeing something on a positive side, I brought it up to say because uh, I think about 12 are being raised at the Oakland Zoo. Yes. Which yes. is a wonderful thing. A local thing. Yeah, a local thing. So big up to uh, Oakland, Oaktown, for participating in yes. such a wonderful thing, you know, to uh, to bring life into the world. and, and Also, Barrier Indian tribes are involved with that effort at Oakland Zoo. Okay. So that's even better. Awesome. Awesome. And Ali has uh, something you want to share, and maybe you will give us a little uh, yes. uh, subject, a little uh, brief yes. intro what this is in reference to. So in, in, in putting giving this to you, the audience, um, I viewed a, a video that uh, my councilwoman, Carol Fife, Third District City Council, Oak City of Oakland. I viewed a video she did on October 3rd, I think I saw it maybe the 5th, um, about her decision not to run for City of Oakland Mayor in 2022 and why. Uh, the message I got from the video was that if you live in Oakland, and this is probably true of most cities this size or a little larger, maybe not true as much in New York, San Francisco, LA, you know, the humongous, humongous cities. But at Oakland at a, just a hair under half a million, I think it's far more representative of what a lot of people experience at the local political level. So, I wrote an op-ed article, I've submitted it to um, Paul Cobb, publisher of the Oakland Post. Um, it is not a campaign piece for Carol Fife. She's my city council person. I've always supported my city council person. Um, I just find her particularly refreshing. Um, but anyway, let me, let me give it to you. Um, I recently watched a very powerful video from my councilwoman, Carol Fife, 3rd District, and this article is my response to her message. First, I encourage 3rd District residents who feel disconnected from the reality of our city's politics to contact Councilwoman Fife's office and get involved in some matter. She, uh, she of course, has, uh, is listed on the City of Oakland website, you can get her staff, her email, phone numbers, all of that stuff there. You can learn about any issue that concerns you and get involved. Her video presentation will enlighten you about why you feel the way so many of us do. Do you know why funding has been received to address the issues that sadden and anger so many of us, yet we see no substantive progress of change? Secondly, I strongly advocate that each of us, as residents of the third district, become knowledgeable regarding the organizations that operate in our district. 
Do you know which organizations serve what populations in your district? Third, my goal with this article is to hopefully inspire my fellow third district residents to stand up, become knowledgeable regarding the issues that impact your life and get directly involved. Each and every one of us has a responsibility to contribute to the efforts to improve everyone's life. One result of getting involved will be that instead of just bemoaning the state of our city, we can actually make a contribution to the long-term improvement of everyone's life. Why have I seen so much federal, state, county, and city funding allocated to address major issues, yet seen so little progress made in addressing those issues? Why do administrative administration actions so often frustrate and even defeat the work of our elected council representatives? We need substantial progress on numerous issues that have been, have been allowed to fester like unaddressed sores on our lives. Lastly, a major concern for many of us are the un most underrepresented citizens, the children, the seniors, those with physical and mental challenges, and so many others. Our work can directly impact their lives, change their experiences, and help them do more for themselves. We live in extremely challenging times, and I know what I'm advocating may seem huge. I do truly believe that many of our local issues require us, the everyday person, to do more than just work and pay bills. Given recent political developments across this country, the involvement of hundreds or even thousands of local citizens where they live will be a decisive factor in our collective future. I will not stand by and watch our rights, dreams, and futures reduced to rubble. I moved to Oakland in the summer of 1977 initially to complete my bachelor's degree and go to law school. I was also looking forward to working with the Black Panther Party. After joining the Southern California, Bra California branch in 1968 and being driven out by FBI Cointel Pro activities in 1969. Over the past 44 years, I've worked for a curve Supervisor John George, Oakland Councilman Lewis Morales Jr., Seven Step Foundation, Neighborhood House of Growth Richmond, New College of California, Oakland Unite Violence Interrupters, Mandela Groceries Cooperative, and numerous other nonprofit organizations and small businesses. I've also been continuously active in local political campaigns. For the last 20 years, I've been living and working in West Oakland with a strong focus on providing services to the West Oakland residents who live and die on our streets every day. Stand up, get involved, and fully live your life. Thank you. Wow, okay, that's really awesome. And uh, Ali calls to, to for people to take action. So uh, stand up and make your contrib contribution, and particularly it doesn't matter whether you live in Oakland or you live in Brooklyn. Uh, this is uh, the call for all people in their communities to not just be passive and, and sit aside to, you know, witness or complain about the things that are going on. Really, you've got to stand up, roll up your sleeves, you know, and uh, make your feet, put your, put your shoes on and, and, and put your feet in motion. yeah, put your feet in motion, you know, and not just your, your gums, but your feet. <laughs> There's a sister running for uh, mayor of Buffalo. 
the second largest city in New York State. All I'll tell you is that I was extremely pleased at how direct her sister is. Mm. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And she beat out the incumbent. Wow. Okay. Um, and now they're running scared because, of course, they're already predicting she'd go run for governor or something like so, that. So what was she running for? Mayor? Mayor. Mayor. Wow. Mayor of Buffalo. Okay. Um, and... Believe it or not, she actually told the media, I'm a democratic socialist. Okay. I believe that the people we represent are our employers. Her name is India Walton. Yes. Yes. India Walton. India Walton. But I just hmm. advise you, if you got people in Brooklyn, or not Brooklyn, in Buffalo, or New York State, period, they may want to check this sister out because she's a very, very, very grounded, rooted person. Wow. And she, you know what? And it's, it's not, no, nothing hidden. Everything, if you Google her name, everything comes up everything. as democratic socialist. So she's a oh, democratic she's a socialist. So you could say in some people, in other terms, they would call that a progressionist in a sense. Yeah. yeah. You and, know, and, Outside of this country, mm -hmm. democratic socialism is a major political movement and has been for 50-plus years. Mm. See, wow. it's just here, you know, they beat up everybody. Everybody, you got to be dim or Republican. Dim or Republican, period. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's it. You can't run. Go home. <laughs> you know? But it's... Um, well, I'm glad that she's out loud, yeah. <laughs> out she's proud and loud. Proud and loud. <laughs> and very... Very well. Well, okay. And now, in memorandum, before we close, we have to acknowledge and give uh, uh, a recognition and and recognize. First, I want to say uh, a local politician, uh, and and not as much to my disappointment that I've heard much about it, but to the honorable Wilma Chan. Yes. And. Uh... She was a fighter. She's a fighter for a long time. Uh, I don't remember her exact age, but I know she's been at it a good 40 plus years. Right. So Wilma Chan was county supervisor in uh, Alameda County. Uh, she served this county for a very, very long time. Uh, I'm not sure how old she was either, but uh, let's see a little bit about her background. She was from Boston, Massachusetts, Democrat. Uh, she was educated at Stanford. That's where she received her grad. And she served on the Alame Alameda County Board of Supervisors and also the California State Assembly. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. And so she represented the 16th District, which included uh, Oakland, Alameda, and Piedmont. Yes. And unfortunately, we lost uh, Wilma Chan a few days ago. She was hit, struck, and killed by uh, a driver. Walking her dog. Walking her dog. Very tragic. Tra very tragic. But this is someone who was a trailblazer. Yes. Uh, fighter. A fighter. Stood up and... Refused to sit down. 
We refuse to sit <laughs> down. And so not sitting down. Yeah, so you know, that's 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 a hero. That's a hero and, and very tragic. But we wanna recognize Wilma Chan for being just that awesome yeah. person who she was. Now and the second person will be uh last but not least, and that would be General Colin Powell. Yes. First black US Secretary of state. Uh, he was the father of three, a wife to Alma Powell for uh, 60-something odd years, yeah. and just an honorable soldier, uh, an individual, diplomat. a man, a diplomat, and just a, you know, one of great honor. He shaped the U.S. national security. You know, um, he did a lot of wonderful things for this state and just sad to say he had uh amongst illnesses ailments he died from covid yeah ultimately very tragic very tragic could have run for president but he decided and opted not to he was a republican but he was a republican that that stood and criticized across it had nothing to do with with uh party you were in <laughs> if you were foolish and Don't get called you got called, you got <laughs> called and he called you to the table. So in memorandum, we want to give a big up to, uh, as his son referred to him, uh, and eulogy as a great lion with a big and indeed he was. So just want to give honors and respect. Okay. And, uh, with that, I think we're going to call it, call it a day. So. Anyway, and so listen, so all of you people, thank you for joining us, for vibing with me. Be sure to subscribe, to share, to follow, and like us. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen. We appreciate your five stars rating, and be sure to contact us, leave a comment on Facebook, but be sure to subscribe and share. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Peace. Power and soul.